This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. And in the business world, buzzwords get thrown around often. Some more seasonal or contextual than others, but uh, one concept that has been picking up steam is the idea of agility and how businesses have to cultivate it. So to help me clarify that conversation, I have Emmanuel Cook, partner at Bain & Company on the line. Uh, Emmanuel, thanks so much for joining me on Raise Your Game today. Could you just give a brief introduction of who you are and what Bain & Company are all about? Sure, my uh, pleasure to be here. So uh, I'm a partner of Bain here in uh, in Kuala Lumpur, and I lead our results acceleration practice in Southeast Asia, which includes all of our change management and agile transformations. And I've been working in Southeast Asia for uh, almost ten years. And a bit of background about Bain: we're one of the leading management consulting firms. We have offices all over the world and we work together with, with companies, both traditional and, and digital natives, professional investors like private equity funds to help them uh, outperform their competition. Mm, okay. Now, today's whole show is basically going to deep dive into the concept of what agile is, right? So I feel like a great place to start is just that word. What does agile mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. So at, at the core, agile breaks large, complex problems into smaller modules that can be solved in an incremental and adaptive manner with very rapid customer feedback. And so that's a little bit of a mouthful, but it it ensures a few things. So first, rather than rigorously following a two-year plan, you're able to very rapidly adapt to changes uh, in the external environment or new input from, from customers. Rather than decisions being driven by the boss. It's actually the customer that's the boss. The customer is put at the center and customer feedback drives all the decisions. And rather than it's all about making lots of paperwork and slides, it's around developing prototypes very quickly that you can engage customers and get feedback on it. That's really the core of what what Agile is. Hmm. So, okay, I feel like um, one big thing we want to clear up before we get stuck into uh, how to become more agile or, or you know how to be a more agile leader um, is the concept itself. Do you think uh, that most companies understand the concept of agility or is it confused with other concepts? It's it's very often confused and and r- used in the wrong way. And and to be honest, my my biggest fear I is that agile because it's a word that's so often misused, will end up in, on a long list of management fads and, and, and disappear. Um, and I see this used in, in two forms. First, in terms of what it means, and secondly, where to, where to use it. So, you know, if I see it, where it's being misused is, you know, when it's a synonym for chaos or refusing to do any planning. You know, we've all been in those discussions where, oh, let's just be agile because we we change our mind uh, constantly. Or it being a way to try to get people to just work harder, you know. Oh, it will take a month. Oh, let's just be agile and get it done in a, in a week and everybody works works twice as hard. Um, or even worse, to kind of just use that as an excuse to reduce the number of people in an organization. And for me, I have a very simple rule. If it's not more fun for the employees that are running in an agile team, it's likely not agile being done in the in the right way. Mm-hmm. So that's you know the the word word agile. But it's also very often confused where to where to use it. So some people think it's 
only to be used in software development and it's only recently been used kind of outside of that but the reality is there's you know 25 years of, of history of agile being used outside of software development and being very very successful um, and then the second piece is that lots of executive things that to be agile you need to have a hundred percent of your employees work in in agile teams doing sprints but in reality you know even the most agile organizations only have about 30% of people working in agile teams like the likes of Spotify, Google, um, etc. And so there's there's good reasons not to be agile. You know, certain operations, you want to make sure that they are, you know, repeatable, follow SOP, you know, being it things related to security or, or safety, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's all about, I guess, context and, and, and uh, knowing, like you said, the right time and the right space in which to be agile. Is that right? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So, okay, why must businesses be agile then? Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Sometimes you meet people that are so passionate about agile that agile becomes the goal. But there's only one reason why you want to do agile, and that's to get better results for your for your business. Um, so agile is not the goal. The business results are the goal. And and all of our research research shows that. Agile organizations are able to show a real step change in business results, being it around customer experience, time to market, uh, or internal metrics like team satisfaction and, and productivity. And the reason for that is the ability to quickly adapt to change. So in a world where change is all around us and it allows being agile allows organizations to step up the speed of execution and the effectiveness of innovation. And those are true critical success factors for in, in the business world we live in today. Hmm. And would you say that uh, there's a difference in, let's say, from, I guess, industry to industry? Like, would you say some industries are uh, pressured to be more agile than others? I mean, the more you, you have to deal with, with change, the more you have to deal with uh, customer needs that are changing, the more you are, uh, you know, the, the benefit of agile becomes becomes easier. But even industries where you really wouldn't expect it can get massive benefits from, from Agile. An, an example I really like is, is Saab. Um, Saab used Agile to build a fighter jet. Now, you wouldn't expect building a fighter jet as a very Agile uh, project. But the way they built the most cost-effective fighter jet in history, actually, is they used hundreds of Agile teams. And every morning at nine o'clock, you had these hundred teams do a stand up for 15 minutes to identify what might hold them back today. At 9.30, all the, you know, uh, there was a meeting of all the teams of teams. So the, the, the team leads to again, do the same thing. What are the roadblocks that the team have raised and what can we resolve or what can we not resolve? And that meant every single day by lunchtime, if there was a problem, on the fighter jet development that could not be resolved by anybody in the organization, it landed on the CEO's desk to resolve. And so you can imagine what that does to the speed of execution. I've, I've been in many organizations where if there's a problem on the front line, it takes months or it actually never even hit the, the CEO's desk. So even in organizations where you think, or industries that you might not initially think agile would be beneficial, you can get massive uh, impact from, uh, from being more agile. Mm. And, you know, that that's a fantastic case study to bring up to lead into my next question, because my next question is about leadership specifically, right? I mean, tell me a little bit about how being agile is beneficial to a leader. Yeah. 
Well, I would I would turn it the other way. How being an agile leader is beneficial for the uh, for the organization. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, and, and to be honest, this is the hardest part, right? So, uh, leadership challenges are the biggest barrier uh, for organization to kind of transform into into an agile organization. And so, the biggest change is leaders need to move away from what I would call a command and control style, where they tell teams what to do and check on them to see if they're doing it, to a much more empowering style where they enable teams to be successful by removing barriers for them and, and asking questions. And, you know, the the biggest change is moving from telling people what to do to asking questions. That is very, very hard for executives that have built their entire career on being really good at telling other people what to do because they have insights. And so if there's only, you know, one thing I could ask executives to change, it is to ask three important questions when they interact with a team. When a team comes to them with a with a problem or a solution, rather than telling them what to do, it's like, what do you think we should do? And let the team kind of uh, articulate that. When they've done that, how can we prove or test that what you're saying is, is correct? And the thirdly, how can I help? What mm-hmm. what barriers are you facing that I can help remove? And by just asking these three questions, you can already make an absolute massive impact in your organization as a leader. Mm, Absolutely. And I think also a massive part of asking those three questions is, you know, to take into account, I think the environment that you're working in, is it an environment that is going to help foster honest answers, right, to those questions? Uh, As you mentioned earlier, you know, you've spent a lot of time working in Southeast Asia and a lot of the, uh, especially bigger corporations out there, do not necessarily, uh, you know, provide uh, the the environment in which uh, a lot of, you know, uh, on the ground employees would actually feel comfortable, right, sharing their honest opinions about what should be changed and what they think uh, about about the company, especially if it is, you know, someone who is in the C-suite, for example, going to them and asking them this. So, I mean, mm-hmm. to, to that extent as well, right, like, I guess the question I'm asking is, how do you then facilitate the environment you know, for those uh, spaces uh, to actually get honest answers and real results. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, at the core, it's the the customer, right? So, if you within an organization, the leader can disagree with some of the team around what's right or what's wrong. But at the end of the day, when you talk about innovation, it's the customer that has the the final word. So, um, involving the customer exposing the leadership team to customers and customer feedback is incredibly uh, important. And it moves the thinking from, I have all the answers to, I need to listen to the customer. I need to agree what the customer wants. And um, I, I did a program with the, with a Malaysian company. Um, and, and that was exactly what, what, what happened. And we managed to really change the CEO's mind from, you know, when a new product gets launched, I get the final concept and I decide if it's yes or no or if we need to change something to, you know, I'm not going to make a single decision on the product. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure that I test that the team has done all the right things to ask the customers what they want, that that has been rigorous. And if that's okay, then we launch it, even if I think that it might not not work. Um, and as a result, you know, the products that we launched with uh, – with that company have been hugely successful and the feedback has been has been Im- immensely positive and so just bringing 
senior executive to the front line to customers can have a, a a massive impact and it's very energizing for these for these people as well i can imagine all right it's time to take a short break but after that i will continue my conversation with emmanuel cook partner at bain and company all about agility so do stay tuned to raise your game here on bfm 89.9 banish feudal mentality bfm 89.9 the Business Station. You're listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong, and today I have Emmanuel Cook on the line. He is a partner at Bain & Company, and we are talking all about agility today and, and the concept of it when it comes to the business world in general, uh, you know, how it, it can get misconstrued, how it's being misused, uh, you know, what's the right context in which to use it in, uh, and we and we touched upon uh, a bit of, of about agile leadership before the break. Um, now, uh, leading on from something that we were discussing discussing earlier about, um, you know, asking the right questions as a leader to facilitate an environment uh, for agile leadership. Um, is there a difference in approach to agility or, I guess, ability to be agile uh, based on the size of a company? That's a very interesting uh, question. To be honest, I that it's obviously easier as a smaller organization to move fast, but I wouldn't say it's a, it's a limitation. I've come across relatively small organizations where it's a very command and control style and the the founder or the the CEO decides everything and and people just have to have to execute um, I've seen very large organizations that literally have thousands and thousands of agile teams that are you know are able to turn out innovation at a, at a pace that um, that exceeds what some start, startups can do so is it harder probably? Certainly, but it, it's not something that should uh, should hold you back. Every single organization can turn into an agile organization. And with an agile organization, I mean you have anywhere between 10 and 20, 30% of people working in real agile teams and doing sprints, and you have the entire organization embracing agile values. So mm-hmm. making, you know, the way that they make decisions. It, I guess it's got to be purposeful and structural, right? It's got to sort of be be baked into into the way that the company runs, however, you know, whatever the size of the company is. Absolutely. And it, it is a, you know, it's really a, a fundamental mindset shift. And for some organizations, it's a very big change. And whenever you talk about driving a big change, without absolute commitment from the very top, it will not be successful. So, you know, as an absolute prerequisite, is you can't delegate your organization to become agile as a as a CEO and and a, a leadership team. You need to kind of own it personally, believe in it, and and drive it through. Mm-hmm. Now, I think with any sort of. Uh I guess, corporate approach or strategy, there's always going to be a, a call for balance, right? Um, you know, there's such a thing as being too cautious and such a thing as being too reckless. So when it comes to agility, is there such a thing as being too agile? Is that a bad thing? I wouldn't say there is something as being too agile, but there is something as trying to do too much at the same time. Mm. So we've seen organization trying to overnight turn into an agile organization and make their 10,000 employees uh, move from one day to the other, all move into agile teams. These big bank approaches rarely succeed and have very often failed. And there's some very kind of public um, examples of where that has gone gone wrong. Our view is you really need to kind of 
uh, agile your way to to agility. So be very clear on where you want to go, but take a very agile approach to get there. Start with, with a small number of teams and make sure that you get these these absolutely right. Uh, once you have that done, then scale it up. Do more and more teams that you think are useful. Mm. Not as I mentioned, not not everything has to be an agile team, but you know. If you think that they can deliver benefits, then then scale that up, and in parallel to that, continuously change your operating model, making sure that you continuously eliminate barriers that prevent agile teams from from being successful. Mm. And that process never ends. If you look at the likes of Google, Facebook, Microsoft, they continue to evolve their operating model to make sure that their Agile teams are successful, and that can be simple processes like planning and and budgeting, etc., that continuously get revised to make sure that they can be more agile. Mm. I mean, going back to a point that was made uh, before the break earlier about you know misconceptions regarding agility, it does sound a lot like some companies that misuse you know the concept of agility tend to use it in a very reactive manner, and and it sounds to me that agility has to be a very proactive concept. Turning your organization into an agile organization mm-hmm. is a very conscious decision right. that you need to take as a, as an organization. But through that journey, you will have to be extremely reactive, and that's absolutely fine. That is mm-hmm. one of the, the reasons why an agile organization is able to manage turbulent times a lot a, a lot better. So, you know, a team might say, hey, we have a problem with the, the budgeting process, and you fix that, and then... A few months later, it's you know a completely different process being you know recruiting or or talent allocation. Then then you do that, even if that means that you you make a lot of changes along the along the way. And that leads me so nicely into my next question because uh, no better example of turbulent times can can be said right now than the COVID nineteen pandemic. I think quite literally. Everyone uh, we've spoken to, everyone in the world has been thrown into some sort of crisis uh, by the COVID-19 pandemic, which it seems to me is the perfect opportunity to explain uh, how agility helps in times of crisis. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Unfortunately, the last 12 months has shown how important it is to be be agile. Um, You know, we've seen a lot of changes that nobody could, could predict. And, you know, Agile organizations were able to very rapidly adjust plans in light of these these changes, um, and we see you know a huge range of of organizations, and some have really struggled to kind of take all their multi-year plans and all of a sudden start challenging um, everything in light of the changes. But also, it's not just the immediate crisis. COVID has also drove some more fundamental changes in how customer behaves, and so you see a whole range of organizations that have been really good at capturing that and understanding customers and doing experiments and testing to kind of see, you know, how do customers react to you know, these things uh, now that, you know, the digital channel becomes more important, um, et cetera. And those organizations are really racing ahead. And, you know, an example we probably all see day to day is in, you know, in restaurants or, or cafes. You've seen some that have been, doing extremely well kind of moving to digital channels, changing their menus, being able to order over WhatsApp. And, you know, some of them have actually grown their business during during COVID, while others have really, really struggled to do, just to uh, survive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so final question for you, honestly. Um, 
I think is is now more of a putting the theory into practice sort of a moment, right? For companies who are realizing that they that they want slash need to become more agile, especially in these times, where where do you even start? Don't do agile for agile's sake. I'll I'll, I'll just repeat that. So yeah. be hundred percent crystal clear on the results. If you don't have that, then you're you're unlikely to to succeed. But once you have that. Choose a few areas, a few opportunities that will really move the needle on the results that you're aiming for and start experimenting. Mobilize a few teams against concrete opportunities, but make sure that you mobilize these teams in the, in the right way. You have 100% allocated people. They've been, they've been trained. They know what you're doing. Um, you know, make sure that you empower them. Etc. Um, and as I mentioned, if they're not having fun, that's already a, a good sign that that you're not doing it, it right. To me, that would be the the absolute first thing. If you feel as an organization that you're already down that that journey, you have maybe ten or or twenty agile teams already. You know, aggressively scale that up where it makes sense, but start to rigorously eliminate some of the barriers. So you know, we call it set up a barrier busting team. Right. So a dedicated team that their only job is, you know, a servant to these agile teams to just identify what's holding them back and then very rapidly eliminate those those barriers. All right. That is so fantastic. And on that note, we've come to the end of uh, today's conversation. But thank you so much, Emmanuel, for shining some light on the concept of agility today. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. You've been listening to Raise Your Game with me, Christine Wong. And if you've missed any of today's show, you can download our app available on the Apple App Store or Google Play or listen to the podcast at bfm.my slash podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. This has been Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.